Welcome to the Printing Combination Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher alongside Dick Briggs, ready to discuss high school and college wrestling from the last week and a little bit of a look ahead uh, to what might be coming up. Um, but, uh, uh, Coach, uh, you know, hard to believe we have tornadoes at the beginning of the week, winter storm coming up. Uh, hard to believe that we're in the middle of wrestling season, but uh, whether or not, get it, whether or not. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, right in the thick things. Uh, yesterday, speak, speaking of the weather, I'm driving down to Solon to uh, to uh, referee a, a junior varsity tournament down there, and mm-hmm. I hear uh, the sirens go off on the radio and the tornado warning, and it sounds like it's going in between Solon and my our house, KJ. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to Solon, checked it out, and it was actually co- more coming more towards our house. Uh, but uh, yeah, go figure. January. You know, middle of January, and we're having tornadoes. So yeah, yeah. kind of kind of interesting. So let's uh, let's shift gears to uh, uh, the prep uh, prep side of things for the pinning combination podcast. Uh, Dick, why don't you go ahead? Uh, you were at Jefferson this uh, last weekend, uh, right at the Jayhawk? Yeah, it was. I was rough in there, and you know, you're pretty focused on the mat and. And, and I, I don't, I mean, I'm, I can see it obviously individual matches and how individuals are doing. And when I'm sitting out, can I kind of watch briefly some matches there and, and see it was, it was highly, I didn't realize how close it was until today. I actually looked, <laughs> I'm like, Holy cow. It was, it was crazy. So there's a 16 team tournament and uh Waukee Northwest won it with 214 points. Albernet was second with 112 and a half and Fort Dodge was third with 112. So that's, yeah away from Fort Dodge or Albernet winning it. <laughs> I mean, they to overtake Waukee. So we always say every point counts. And, you know, that win on that backside that didn't go your way or, you know, just something that, that didn't happen. I mean, that would have made the difference possibly for the second and third place team in this tournament. And certainly did make the difference for Waukee who won it. That's crazy. You Waukee, know, I, always, I always think back of – I always think back to – what was it? The uh, oh, I can't remember the year. Uh, where where Solon beat um, New Hampton, I think, by half a point. You know, and how many times have you seen oh a consolation major decision uh, come up, or even you know even an advancement point winning a, a close match where you think oh you know big deal. And then it turns out, yeah, it was a big deal because if you didn't, uh, if you didn't get it, you wouldn't have won. Um, remember the uh, 2011 Big Ten Championships with uh, Penn State beating Iowa by a point. Penn State got falls in, uh, like, I think they got a fall at uh, 125 in the seventh place match. Well, that two points goes from losing by a point to winning by a point. So normally you think a pin in a seven place match, no big deal, but it really is, isn't it? It absolutely is. And you know, if I, again, you're focused on officiating, but I was standing in the Solon wrestling room last night, officiating the match. 
because they had five mats, one up in the as a junior varsity tournament, and they had the, the fifth mat up in the in the wrestling room. You're standing there looking right at the picture of that state championship team. I remember looking at it and <laughs> I remember the year, but I didn't. It's not maybe 2015. I don't remember now, but yeah, at least yeah, right around there. The picture that I was looking at was they were both dual champs and uh, individual champs. So um, anyway, that uh, yeah, that, well, that was who will forget that around here anyway. To win by a half a point on that, so, yeah, crazy. crazy. Anyway, back to the Jayhawk. Uh, Joaquin Northwest had who won it had three champs and a runner-up, and then Alvernet had two champions in Brody Neighbor and, and Carson Klosterman, and then they had four runners-up, so they had six in the finals. And uh, Atelier at Duet at at uh, one oh six, Rowdy Neighbor at at one thirteen, and Gunner Keeney and, and Reese Klosterman were also. Uh, runners up and they also had two thirds so they had uh six uh eight in there in the top three so you know another great performance by albernet and then fort dodge had three champs and a runner up and then city high was fourth and of course they walked away at three champs and i bet you can guess at least two if not all three of them <laughs> without even thinking too hard about it yeah kale seaton uh gabe arnold at 82 uh seaton at 26 obviously and then ben keeter 220 uh, second straight weekend, uh, those three uh, uh, come away with titles uh, in the same meet, the same tournament. Right, and and that's a tough tournament. I mean, some of the teams that are there, like after mm -hmm. City High was Valley, Pleasant Valley, Cedar Falls, Fort Madison, Muscadine, Forest City had a champ and was in 10th. You know, uh, so good, good tournament for sure uh, with good quality wrestling. Uh, just to uh, uh, follow up on that, uh, Solon's title was in 2017, so you were really close. Um, yeah. Looking at the, uh, the final standings here, it was Solon at 96 and a half, New Hampton 96. Yeah. So that, uh, that was in 2017 for the 2A title, one of the exciting finishes um, as well. I was at Marion, by the way. Um, for the Lloyd Schaefer uh, Marion Invitational, um, got to see uh, uh, some some good uh, good teams from all three classes. Um, but Wilton um, Wilton comes away with a title there. They had three champs, and uh, they had seven in the finals actually. Um, but Wilton, boy, I tell you what, they're they're good. They're balanced. Um, you know, they've, they've got some, some high level wrestlers, but they also have, uh, just a competitive guy at each weight, it seems like. And, and that, I think that's what makes them so, uh, strong and dangerous as a 118, just that balance. And, you know, they're going to put out a guy that, uh, you know, that's capable at each weight. Right. I talked to one of their assistant coaches uh, two nights ago, Sunday. Sunday. Uh, they had uh, uh, at a youth tournament, and I complimented him on the season so far. And he said, "There's they're a real balanced team. They may have he he thought two weights. I didn't ask which weights, and I I didn't want I wouldn't want to say no anyway. That that were maybe not you know at that high level, high caliber. So uh, that uh, he, uh, they're currently ranked second." in the coaches poll in the duel. So 
uh, just ahead of Alburnett. And uh, so Wilton's having a fabulous season for sure. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, they, uh, uh, they showed it there. Um, you know, and it's going to be names that you're kind of familiar with <laughs> too. Uh, Shirk and Brisker uh, all the way through the lineup. Um, Mason Shirk at 106 uh, came away with a championship. Um, then you had uh, Brody Brisker at 126. And then I want to say uh, at 182, um, they got a title. Uh, as well um, from Caden Shirk. So uh, definitely some names that, uh, uh, you know, you've heard before um, with those families, and uh, they looked really good. Uh, Williamsburg was second. Um, they had a champion uh, in Gavin Jensen at uh, uh, 120. Uh, you know, he was dominant. Uh, he pinned uh, Gabriel Brisker in the finals in 227. Uh, interesting story with uh, Gavin Jensen. Um, you know, uh, I didn't realize last year he was injured, uh, tore meniscus, wrestled through it throughout the season. You know, he was a state runner-up two years ago uh, for Williamsburg. Uh, state qualifier last year, won his first match, and then his knee locked up. In the quarterfinals, uh, he had to default out of the uh, tournament. Um, so he went from uh, state runner-up to having to default out the next year. Uh, this year, uh, you know, he's been uh, uh, pretty impressive. Um, I think he's 26-4, uh, and four, has 156 career victories now. But, uh, you know, just listening to him talk about how you know, he has this, he wants to just get the most out of this last season. He had wrestling taken away from, him. you know, last year was, was pretty bitter because it's not like, you know, whether he got beat or not, he just, he wasn't able to come back um, because of injury. It was nothing that he could really kind of control his knee just locked up. And, you know, I think a lot of people that have had torn meniscus, no, like when it locks up, you just you're just kind of at the mercy of that cartilage and stuff, kind of relaxing to be able to kind of get it, um, you know, back to where you're mobile again. And sometimes it it can be quick like that. Sometimes it's it's not. Just really depends on how severe the tear is, um, you know. But uh, it certainly was frustrated for him. He missed baseball as well. Um, interesting that, uh, you know, Grant Eckenrod said, even when he was hurt, couldn't wrestle, he was still showing up to the room, trying to learn and do whatever he could. And if he, you know, if it wasn't something that he was trying to learn or watch, he was helping his teammates, trying to help them get better and, and kind of talking through some moves and helping them with, stuff as well that that really impressed me too because that's uh, a mark of a true leader that's the love of the sport and, yeah. and the love of, of your teammates and your and your 
your peers. I mean, if you don't have that, you're not going to be in the room. You're not going to be supporting your teammates. You're not going to be trying to improve yourself when you're immobile. So, I mean, that's, that's to me is a, that's a guy that's all in right there. Yep. Oh, for sure. Um, another big, we've talked about him a few times, killed Bridgewater with a big championship um, for Northland in that meet. Uh, he, uh, he came out, uh, wrestled, he's ranked number one in, uh, uh, 138 now. Um, he wrestled number two, Tate O'Shea from Keokuk in the finals, uh, Keokuk in, in 2A, uh, Northland in 1A, uh, and Bridgewater won 12-0. That's coming, uh, two days after having two big wins against, uh, Brody Neighbor of Auburnette. And uh, Tiernan Boots of Lisbon and the triangular that we were at on Thursday at Lisbon. And then he follows it up with uh, a title and that big win over a highly ranked uh, kid from Keokuk. And do they, is it possible that they wrestle Lisbon again Thursday? Um, they're at the same site. I don't know if they'll actually wrestle each other. They might, though. Tri Rivers is a little different, but. Um, they, they very well, they very well could. I knew they were at the same site and I was like, I, I don't know if they would wrestle back to back week, weeks like that. Yeah. So it's possible. What I'm getting at is it's possible. They may, they being Bridgewater and, uh, uh Lisbon, um, to, uh, boots, 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 turning boots, uh, will wrestle again. So, <laughs> yeah. And then you have the conference tournament the week after that, uh, Jeez. you know, <laughs> so We'll see uh, how that plays out, but definitely uh, a good end of the week for um, for Bridgewater. Uh, Bed Community had a champ um, in Brendan Hain. Uh He won six uh, two uh, uh, against Ronan Thomas at uh, one fifty two. Uh, Thomas won a two finalists uh, with Will Hackey um, at one seventy for for the Saints. Um, Hayne was, uh, joined in the finals, uh, by, uh, uh, Blake Hayne, uh, at 145, and then another Bobcat in, uh, uh Troy Hoopka, who was a runner-up at, uh, 195, uh, for Benton. Uh, Monticello with a champ, Kale Hansen. I think Kale Hansen, uh, kind of gets overlooked a little bit. Um, I believe he was a state place winner two years ago, maybe. Um, but he's unbeaten uh, for Monticello, and he won by fall in the 145-pound final over Blake King um, with two seconds to go in the second period. So, uh, Kale Hansen uh, uh, having a pretty strong season. And uh, Cedar Rapids-Kennedy had a champ in Colin Fall. Um, interestingly, uh, the number – Five seed, I believe, um, at that weight class, uh, which which really kind of surprised me uh, a little bit. Um, but talking to Nick LeClaire, it was one of those things where at 160, wasn't a state place winner. You have guys in different classes, so that comes into play. You had somebody from out of state because uh, Oak Park uh, or Blue – Blue Valley Northwest or, or something like that out of Kansas was there. Uh, I think they're the top seed, but Falk really uh, dominated his way through the 160 pound bracket and beat 
a good uh, ranked wrestler from Northland, Jaron Payton, uh, 11-2 in the finals. And that fifth seed, I love seeing that happen, especially it was when it's one of my wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you're in a tournament like that, you're you're wrestling uh, the – you know, from the semis on, you you have to beat that number four seed who's seated above you. Then you have to beat the number one seed who's obviously seated above you, and 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 uh, and then you have to come back and beat whoever comes out on the bottom half, which is usually the number two or number three seed. So I mean, you're you're always wrestling guys above you, and that's you know you we, we you know as coaches you talk about who's the person that's gonna beat the person they're not supposed to. Well, there you go. Dylan did that a number of times. In this tournament alone, so good for him. Yeah, and and he won. Uh, he won by bonus points. I th I think he bonused his way through the the tournament. So, Colin uh, uh, felt really impressive, and it's kind of interesting too. You mentioned seed meetings. I know there's a lot of pre seed stuff done, and track I think is taking some of that stuff out. But I remember sitting through seed meetings in the past and as a coach be honest how many times did you know you just had the best guy and when other coaches would make a, an argument about oh we should be headed see the head of you uh how much did you concede just knowing fine put us at three put us at four put us at five doesn't matter because he's going to win the tournament anyway <laughs> you know one that comes to mind is is uh at, at districts i had trial harris who had not been on the map much and i said listen i'm telling you right now this guy's good you don't want him he doesn't have much of a record he is five and oh coming in i go put him wherever you want doesn't matter to me and then he he went on in one state a state title <laughs> so <laughs> so you know there's times when you have those but there's other times when you're going we want this third seed because we don't want to be on the same side as ben peter or something like that you know <clears throat> I, I remember, I won't say any names. Um, one of them still coaches, one of them does not. But I did a little story on the seed meetings and stuff like that. And uh, we're at one seed meeting where two coaches who had had a little bit of a rivalry. Um, you know, I wouldn't say it was a real nasty thing. They just weren't fans of one another. And their teams butted heads quite a bit. I remember being in the seed meeting and they were arguing over who was the number one and number two seed. And it was kind of clear cut, I thought. And one coach was really adamant about my guy should be the one seed, my guy should be the one seed. So the other coach, kind of stood up, swore, pointed at him, and said, that's fine. He can be the number one seed. Put us at number eight, and we'll wrestle right out of the gate, and we'll see who ends up being the best guy. Uh, it was hard not to laugh. Um, obviously, they went one, two. The other coaches didn't do that, but I just thought that was kind of funny. Uh, they went from going from vying for the top seed to – Fine, put us at eight. We'll wrestle right. We'll wrestle in the quarterfinals and get it out of the way. <laughs> right, and and you know you kind of look at that. And I, for me as a coach, I'm going to fight hard for one 
if there's a tough number three. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's if it's one and two and threes maybe down the a ways, then you don't maybe you, know, you pick your battles and your mountains you want to battle, you know, battle on. And, and uh, you know, so there's some instances, and, and honestly, there's it depends on my wrestler too, because sometimes my wrestler would would see that he has seated second or third or whatever, and he'd get pissed. <laughs> and that was a good <laughs> now he's wrestling with a chip on his shoulder, you know. And so uh, so you, you know, not every wrestler was like that though. Other ones would be, you know, shoulders <laughs> and no, oh, why didn't I get that? You know, so you can't you gotta know your 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 clientele as well. So sure. Okay, I'm gonna ask you one one more question. We kind of got off the, the beaten path here, but I'm gonna ask you one more question here. Uh what what is the uh maybe most ridiculous criteria somebody tried to introduce during a seed meeting. I will say this one time, uh, one of the seed meetings I was at, they were going back to kid being an all state uh, baseball player and an all state football player. And everybody was just kind of looking around like, okay, what's that have to do with wrestling? Okay, that's great on his part. Obviously, great athlete, but you know he's uh, he's ten and four right now. <laughs> We've got kids that are 12, 13 and 0, 10 and four. Um, you know, yeah. Back in the day, you'd have some some. Uh, the, the criteria wasn't as clear cut. Now you've got with track wrestling, you've got lots of you know, records and you've got, you know, common opponents you can chase, you know, you can connect to. And so that makes it a little bit easier. Um, back in the day, I remember going to a junior varsity tournament, Haggerty and I, and I are sitting in the seating meeting, just being real quiet because we brought a team down that was pretty darn good. It was like our third team, but we were really great back then and deep. And uh, mm-hmm. their junior varsity conference tournament. And uh, I think it was at the Coconut Valley or somewhere like that. And uh we had never been there. They asked us to bring a team in because they wanted you know another team in there. And it was like the day before. And so we threw one together and brought it up. And so we're being real quiet. And, and the other coaches are arguing and say, well, he beats him in the wrestling room or something like that. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what that had to do with and Haggerty and our, and it's, their records were like two and 18 and 17. And I'm going, neither one of these guys should be seated. And so, but we we stayed quiet because we felt kind of out of place there. So, sure, sure, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think anybody that's been in a seed meeting, it, it's some can be frustrating, some can be comical, and, and anywhere in between. And like you said, tracks kind of taking a lot of that out uh, right now because there's a lot of different uh, things to take care of. And I know you guys at, at Jefferson used to do pre-seeds. Uh, where you actually had a committee kind of come in and, and kind of get things uh, situated a little bit with, uh, right, coaches could come in in the morning and kind of maybe alter things a little bit, but you pretty much had everything in place. There was something we really missed, you bet. And then I think Benton Community did that as well, so we kind of did that alongside them because they were the week before. And, uh, yeah, so we had someone represent at each school. And so they fought hard. It was, it was, it was neat to see how, how it worked and, you know, for their school, which would have been you know, not, not, not a Jefferson school, obviously, but someone else. So, and, you know, they, their, their reasoning for fighting hard was they had to answer to that coach. You know, they had to, you know, they, they really took it very seriously. And, and we did a good job. I, I kind of tracked it a little bit the first couple of years and 
I was real proud of our seating committee. Oh, for sure. You know, there's always some that are you, you're just not going to get it right. That's why we wrestle them, right? Because you know, upsets happen. <laughs> oh, for sure. And that's what makes it great, right? Yep. Um, well, let's uh, head over uh, another big one in the area. Um, the uh, Ed Hay Hay Hayden Felt um, at uh, uh, Solon Clear Creek of Mana finished second um, behind North Scott there. Uh, Clippers uh, with 184, uh, 184 points. Um, I want to say Torres Scott probably had about 70 points more than that, or, or, or if not more. But uh, really uh, impressive for the Clippers, who we saw earlier in the season against Mount Vernon. They had uh, 12 medalists overall. Uh, Kale Nash uh, came away with a title at 113. He had a big win in the finals over uh, Colin Cassidy. Uh, who was ranked second, uh, I believe, um, in 2A. Uh, he had a reversal in the second period, uh, penalty points in the first and third, and and won four to three. But uh, good showing for the Clippers. Right. And then uh, North Scott had actually 261 points to, to CCA's okay. 184. So that's pretty impressive. That's quite a separation. North Scott had four champs, two runners up, Three thirds and two fourths. So they're, and and uh, yeah, last night at the junior varsity meet at Solon, it seemed like every other match was a North Sky kid. They had, so I asked one of their kids in there, how many guys are you bring? He goes, I think about 40. So they have really? great numbers over there in that program. Let's we'll keep an eye on that for, for the future there. That's awesome. Anyway, um, and then Lisbon came in at third at one, 179, five points behind CCA, and they had three champs, their chance being a 106 Wesley Sadler. 120 Brandon Paez and uh, and of course at heavyweight Wyatt Smith. So Lisbon, you know, they just don't have that depth, uh, but they have uh, obviously those champs, man. There was, I mean, they've got a little bit of depth, but they've certainly got some holes. I know we, we know that they forfeit two weight classes. It's at 82 and 95, I think. Mm -hmm. So, yep. And, and, uh, you know, they're still waiting for some, some guys to get back in the lineup too. Um, but yeah, it's kind of tough that they don't have uh, uh, that they have two open weights there. And when you see team balanced teams like uh, Albernet and Don Bosco and um, uh, Wilton, uh, that's kind of tough to overcome those twelve points. But um, right, I did talk to to Coach Smith last night, and he said, "Well, Sadler's back, so it, I think he was out Thursday, wasn't he?" And then. Yeah. And then uh, uh, their other um, uh, the other guy that's been I don't remember who it is now. Andy Harbaugh, their one forty five pounder. I know it's pronounced. I think he might be back uh, for the meet tonight. Okay. So, um, let's uh, let's just touch on a couple more tournaments here before we. I want to talk about uh, rivalries too, since you mentioned Lisbon uh, wrestling tonight against uh, Don Bosco, but. Uh, Ankeny had the Bob Sharp uh, Invitational uh, this last week. Um, and, of course, uh, some really good 3A teams over there, uh, including Waverly Shellrock and uh, uh, Linmar with uh, the host Hawks. Right. Waverly Shellrock had two, 267.5 points to, to second place Ankeny's 234. 
Lindmar was third with 207 and a, and a half. That's a lot of points to put up there. Um, Indianola was fourth at 194 and a half, and then Norwalk had one, 136 to round out the top five there. Oh, yep. Waverly Shellrock had four champs, five runner-ups, two, two seconds and a fourth. So you can see how strong they are. Um, and uh, one of those wins, um, maybe not uh, surprising of the win. Maybe, I don't know. Um, but Ryder Block at 138 in the finals improved to 26-0. and 0. Uh, He uh, topped Kane Nocturborn. Uh, a 23, 20 to three, uh, tactical fall, um, block, uh, heading to the university of Iowa, but, um, really impressive, uh, win in the finals for him. Yeah. The, I'm not at all surprised that he won, but maybe by that big of a margin, right. That's, that's surprising. I, Nakamura is a great wrestler, but block is, uh, you know, just another level above. Right. And of course, uh, Tate Nakaborn um, kind of returned the favor to his opponent, I guess. Uh, uh, he improved to 20 and 2. Of course, his only two losses to Gabe Arnold uh, of City High, but he was dominant as well. He won 20 to 5 to give Linmar a champ uh, there at 182. He beat Xander Kenworthy of Ankeny um, in the finals. Grant Press was a runner up, um, but kind of interesting. Uh, seeing just kind of the tough fields, you know, when you have, uh, you've got Ryder Block, you've got Braden Park um, of Linmar as well. He won by a 11-2 major decision over Waverly Shellrock. Uh, you know, the, these are guys at, at Ankeny that we're going to be seeing on Saturday night. Um, you know, when you've got the likes of, uh, you know, Ryder Block, Tate Nockborn, Chase Anderson uh, for Ankeny, who topped uh, Grant Crest in the finals at 152. Um, you've got McCray Hagerty from uh, Waverly Shellrock as well. Um, you've got, you had some, uh, you know, Maddox Borcherding uh, Johnson from Norwalk, uh, who beat uh, uh, Jake Walker uh, in sudden victory. Um, You've got some Saturday night guys uh, in that field at Ankeny this last weekend. Right. I'm curious to see how this the CIML kind of irons out. <laughs> yeah. You know, teams are in it. It's a, it's a little bit different that's restructured, so I'm not even familiar with <laughs> exactly who's in it. Kind of what's going to go down. I have to go look and, and see how it is, but, yeah, some great wrestling there for sure. Um. Just, just a couple other things I want to touch on really quick. Mid-Prairie had a home tournament this weekend for its girls program. Uh, the Golden Hawks had titles from uh, Gabby Robertson at 100 uh, pounds and Ellie Brenneman uh, at 135. Uh, they actually beat North Scott uh, by 16 and a half points. So uh, Mid-Prairie uh, it's got a really good group of girls uh, wrestling down there, and uh, that was uh, nice to win their home tournament. Uh, and then Oline had uh, a really good girls tournament as well this last weekend. 
Uh, East Buchanan had four champs, placed second to uh, Powerhouse Osage. Um, and the team standings, uh, Adeline Kabalka at 140, uh, Keeley Curley at 155, Brooklyn Graham at 170, and then 190-pounder uh, Allison Crum. Uh, each one titles for uh, East Buchanan. Uh, they finished with 250 points, just two back of Osage. Um, some of the other area champs up there, uh, Enemosa's Ava Scranton, uh, one at 120. Vinton Shellsburg had a couple champs with Bree Swenson and Chloe Sanders at 110 and 130. Uh, Independence had a champ and Dakota Whitman. We'll see Independence wrestle uh, West Delaware in a boys girl doubleheader on uh, uh, Thursday. Uh, CPU's Winnie uh, Gusick, uh, one at 125. And of course, uh, Union Communities, Jill Worthen, uh, Monster. Uh, as a caller, um, she won at 105 pounds uh, <laughs> up there at O line. And uh, Cedar Rapids, Washington had Carly Klein win uh, uh, one of the B brackets up there. So um, good for her as well. So, K KJ, speaking of the brackets, you, uh, the, I don't know that the B bracket was, is, is the lower one. I think it might be the higher one. Cause is it? Very confusing. They had the, the first of all the numbers. They had 199 wrestlers from 25 teams, and they had 25 brackets. The, the the brackets, many of the brackets were four person, two pool, so that's eight person brackets. And they okay. so in that pool they wrestle round robin with those three, and then they wrestle the champ and champ and the runner up and so forth. And then, uh, but then there was some five person round robins where they wrestled just five. So. So, that, like for instance, there were three brackets at 125, and the and the 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 125, 125 B, 125 C. So the 125 had only five in it, but the B and the C had eight in it. So I'm not sure which is <laughs> my level or what. I don't know. So it's very confusing. So one of those maybe had to be there to know what level they were at. So. Yeah, that's one of the things they're going to have to work out after this first year. Um, I, I I know it's it's been crucial to you know get girls matches and you know make sure you know you're getting people out and getting things going, but they're they're really going to have to start uh, structuring and, and changing the the competitions a little bit um, and kind of have it coincide more with a varsity JV type uh, tier. Right. Do you, and do you agree or, or am I off? I, I agree. They need to do that. Plus on meet nights, I've been told that by some officials that they've been running boys and girls concurrently together and uh, maybe consecutive. I'm not sure how they run it, but they're, they're going it's going late in the night, like 11 and past 11 o'clock on school nights and, and on Friday nights before or they're running tournaments on fr Friday nights before a big Saturday meet, the officials are just getting worn thin. I got to tell you right now, it's, it's, a, it, and I'm, I, that's like desperate, dire situation. So um, they've got the, the coaches and ADs and boys and girls need to get together and really man, let's get some more officials in there and let's maybe think about the competition because you're not going to have any officials. And I'm not, 
that's that's not a that's a warning, I guess. <laughs> no, for sure. Hey, uh, one other thing I kind of want to point out: uh, the Iowa Wrestling Coaches and Officials Association sent out their second set of uh, dual rankings uh, yesterday. Um, just kind of wanted to go over there. Not top teams, really. Uh, not a surprise. Uh, you have Don Bosco, number one. Uh, you've got uh, in 1A, you've got Osage, number one, in uh, in 2A, and then I believe Southeast Polk, uh, number one in 3A. Um, some of the area teams, Albernet, uh, number three behind Wilton, that's two, Nashville Plainfields, four, Lisbon, five. Um, MFL Marmac 10 in 1A. Then you've got uh, a big contingent of Walmack in the top eight, where you've got number three, West Delaware, number four, Mount Vernon, number eight, Williamsburg. Interestingly, Independence drops to 12 um, there. You've also got Benton Community and South Tama kind of on the verge of the top 24 in 2A. In 3A, 3A you've got uh, Southeast Polk, Bettendorf, Waverly, Shellrock, Ankeny. Linmar is number five. Uh, Valley, West Des Moines Valley is dropped to seventh, um, which kind of surprised me. Uh, then you've got City High, number 15, Prairie, 18, Western Dubuque, 20. Um, and the reason why these are significant now, uh, more than ever, it's going to, the rankings will determine the host sites pretty much. This set of rankings, uh, in the words of the association, if possible and practical, the top eight teams in this this installment of the dual rankings will be the host sites. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean number eight is going to host. Uh, it's going to depend on geography and, and stuff like that. But uh, for the most part, you can – you know, um, the top teams in, in this dual ranking, they're going to be uh, hosting regionals. Um, and then next week's rankings, the final rankings, will determine the entire field with the top 24 in all three classes. Uh, 1A and 2A are doing this for the first time. You've been a part of it for 3A. Uh, do you like the system? So, so it's changed a little bit, but not much from, from when I was – uh, a coaching okay. and you've heard me grumble before that it, the coaches don't do a good job and I'm not knocking the coaches it's the coaches are they're just very busy they don't have time to break it down 24 top ranked teams and look and go you know and say um, Western Dubuque beat uh, Norwalk at the whatever tournament and so they should be you know and so you just you just can't go that deep into you don't have time it, it, so what needs to happen is we need to have a, a committee um maybe of um retired coaches that would you know have some and just a small committee maybe mm -hmm. four to six or something like that and then uh you know uh, uh, maybe some an official or two uh though i don't know the officials are too tagged into it into that part of it you know they'll see different individuals but like i said you know i didn't know the team score. <laughs> I, I was at until just today. Uh, I knew it was fun, but 
anyway, yeah, so other um, things to do. So it's just you just need to have these the coaches are just not able to do it. It's too much for them to ask them to do it. And so it needs to be a different system. And I think so, there's something going on right now. So um here here's what's occurred in basketball. Okay. Um the uh, IHSAA has reached out to uh, certain individuals in different aspects of the sport, uh, you know, in, in different avenues to be on a committee and do the rankings. So the weekly poll that they send out with rankings, it's being done by, you know, kind of a committee. Uh, my coworker, Jeff Johnson, is on the 4A committee. So he's part of the media representation for class 4A, the teams that, you know, he, he sees most and that he covers. And I asked him to kind of give me kind of the breakdown on, on what is set up. And I'm going to read this message verbatim. Um, so in each class, there are two former coaches and a media member. Uh, they Zoom each week uh, with the Iowa High School Athletic Association. So there's a a rap like Todd Tharp um, sits in on uh, the the committee, the the two former coaches and the media member, uh, and kind of guides them uh, with information they might need. Um, so they have to come to a consensus on top ten in order. Uh, they have access to any game, past or present, on huddle if they need it to, to kind of look and see, you know, exactly. Okay. So this happened or they were playing without so-and-so that, that kind of, that kind of stuff, I'm guessing. Um, they have uh, an Iowa high school athletic association pass to get into any game so they can watch any duel or, or any game for basketball wise, wrestling wise, it would be. So you could go to any tournament, uh, any duel and be able to assess things in person. Uh, and they'll roughly use those rankings to create eight substates. Uh, so they'll use those rankings to, to kind of split up those, uh, those top teams um, in hopes to getting the best eight to state based on those rankings. Um, now on Monday, um, they'll actually, they actually learn that they're going to use those rankings to help seed the state tournament there's an unranked team that qualifies uh, committee will gather um, to kind of give opinions on the unranked team um, and the Iowa high school athletic association has the final say. Do you think that kind of system would work if we had somebody that watches and assesses and analyzes competition on a regular basis with former coaches that kind of know the ins and outs, have access to results, and people that can kind of give some detail on how things played out, you think that you think that kind of system would work for uh, having one of those for each class? So your question is, will it work? Absolutely, it'll work. Will it be perfect? No. And you you brought up system. Yep, you brought up a good point in in. Uh, uh, with or Jeff brought up a good point when he said, "Who is who is missing from the lineup?" I mean, you 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 can't. There's no way possible you can dig into every dual meet and see who's missing and know who's missing and 
you know, uh, you, you know, we're, we've been at some meets where guys have been out of the lineups and, you know, might've affected the outcome and may, may mm-hmm. not have, you know, so, um, you know, like for instance, uh, Ben Keeter was out against Lindmark. Was that going to affect the, the outcome? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. You know, he's a pretty big influence. So, uh, so how do you judge that? So, um, you know, so there's so many variables. I don't, it can, it, there's no perfect, but I think there's a way we can do it better. And I think that's maybe the better route. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know there's a lot of things being said uh, on social media. It's hard to, hard to kind of filter through some things that are, that are accurate. I personally want to believe that coaches aren't voting a certain way to, you know, for cronyism, right? To where, hey, you know what? Uh, uh, I'll put them in front of this team, even though I know maybe team B is better, just to kind of help, you know, my buddies stock or their team's uh, placement. Or, you know what? If I'm, uh, if we're going to end up being ninth or 10th, and I would rather see this team, you know, possibly in the regional duels. Uh, I'm going to vote them here so it helps my match up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hope coaches don't do stuff like that. And I don't think most of them would. Well, and there's, and then go even deeper to that, not for my buddy, but for myself. Yeah. So for coaches you know, uh, say ranking themselves higher than they should be and the team that might be just above them way lower than they should be to, to help, you know, with the numbers to help balance that out and, and bump them up. And then, and then also it's the, it's not necessarily the good old boy, but a lot of times the, this team has always been successful. So they must be good again this year sort of thing. So, you know. The assumption of tradition. Right. right. There you go. Yeah. Well said. And so, you know, that might be an influence. And I know it, I'm sure it is probably. So um, mm-hmm. anyway, there's, yeah. there's influences. So, so we'll, we'll see how that, uh, we'll see how that uh, affects things, especially going into next week uh, when we get that final, that final group um, in the field ends up taking shape for, for the duels, which are just regional duels are just uh, two weeks away. Um, Hey, one thing I wanted to get your uh, a take on uh, a big thing this week, uh, a couple things that kind of stand out. Don Bosco's wrestling at uh, at Lisbon Tuesday. Um, that's tonight. We're taping tonight instead of Wednesday. But uh, Don Bosco and Lisbon wrestling this week. We've got uh, we're both going to be at Thursday night's uh, duel uh, independence at West Delaware. That's a big rivalry. You know, you personally were a part of probably one of the the top rivalries in the in the state, to be honest. Uh, West Side rivalry between Jefferson and Prairie, uh, you know, really uh, at its peak. Uh, I would say anywhere from maybe the late seventies to the mid to, to late nineties. It was it was good. There were some years we didn't even wrestle. Can you believe that? And really, Mississippi Valley had different, different uh, teams wrestling different. So there was like maybe three or four years we didn't even wrestle it in a row. Oh, wow. That's crazy, but but uh, yeah, it's <laughs> <coughs> it 
there's some some good, bad, and ugly in, in all of those. <laughs> and then that uh, that rivalry. I mean, I, I could tell you story after story. Oddly enough, though, the the wrestlers that knew each other got along fine. You know, it's just this really? this, this you know, I, I I get this picture of the the dads working side by side. You know, maybe uh, wherever in the industry or out in construction <laughs> office or whatever, and they're having their little bets and you know, and they're making it. You know, they, they they made it, and then of course that that uh, prairie string of of uh, metro area dual wins that went you know for years and years and went over a hundred, and we were close, touching on that a couple of times, and and uh, and uh, um, so that made it even more uh, fun for the the casual fan to you know see how that was going to turn out. But I remember going into the prairie gym and absolutely that old their old gym, and it was so crowded you couldn't there was kids sitting all over the floor our principal had a chair and he was sitting in the middle of it and there was no place to go i i had a person my, my chair was about a, a yard off of the mat and there was a kid sitting between me and and my chair and the mat and i i'm <laughs> I was on the end and i want i wanted to say get out of here go somewhere but he had nowhere to go so i just let him sit there it didn't yeah. matter I could yell something and my wrestler wouldn't hear me anyway. It was so crowd, so loud. So. <laughs> um, I over the years I've talked to uh, people that have been a part of that. Uh, I, I Matt Hatcher, I remember Matt Hatcher telling me uh, that they used to have to sell tickets to prevent them kind of breaking the rules with fire marshals. Yep. Um, and he said that didn't work anyway, because if we didn't get a ticket, there'd be ways we would sneak in. He talked about kind of a window um, where they were able to sneak in on the backside of that old gym um, and end up, you know, kind of making their way into the gym anyway. Um, Mark Ironside, speaking of uh, that, Mark Ironside remembered, I think it was his sophomore year when he was a part of that, uh, that duel and he remembers going out of bounds and landing in the cheerleaders and he had cheerleaders kind of pointing in his face and calling them all kinds of names and you know certain certain names that uh uh rhymed with wussy um and he just remember just remember going like oh okay <laughs> this is serious you know all right this is Holy crap! This is this is the big stuff, you know. That was that that heated um, on the outside. Right. There was some. There was some fans that, on occasion, decided they didn't want to stay in the stands, and uh, maybe there some <laughs> fans wanted to get a battle of their own going. And and uh, you know. <laughs> but uh, that's why I say the wrestlers probably behave better than the rest of us. Right. What yeah. makes a good rivalry? Because we've seen. Uh, you know, the Independence-West Delaware rivalry uh, has always been really exciting. You know, they even collaborated together to create a really cool uh, traveling trophy. Um, you know, we're speaking of Don Bosco, Lisbon. You know, those have been 1A powers for, for many years. Uh, Brad Smith, uh, you know, it's goes all the way back to the late seventies. Um, uh, Dan Mashick, uh, Tom Kettman, you know, uh, we saw recent, uh, 
state dual finals that, you know, coming down to the last match between those two programs. I mean, what really encompasses those best rivalries? Well, it's, it's kind of the chicken and the egg sort of thing. Mm-hmm. To me, it's these two things that stand out. One, you have to have a competitive team. And if you don't have a competitive team, you don't have a good fan base. And it's the fan base that makes it what it is. But also the fan base can make a good, good competitive team. If you have a good, solid fan base and, and support of your wrestling program, you know, the community supports it. That, that brings those young athletes into the program and makes it a, for a strong program. And Independence and West Delaware both, they've, they've, they both have those incredibly great wrestling programs. They're known as wrestling communities. And so that's mm-hmm. what, and they're in the same ca- county. So, uh, right, they're in Buchanan, is yeah. that just uh, just oh. separate because uh, you got uh, Del Buck for Delaware and Buchanan oh. County. Yeah, so I might fall. Hello, and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so anyway, that close uh, close proximity obviously makes it pretty special. You know, for us, it was the southwest side of Cedar Rapids, and you know when we had good competitive teams and like like uh, West Delaware and Independence, you know, it's always going to be a battle, and, and you know. One might be ranked high, another one maybe not quite as high, but I don't care. It's still good. You don't know what's going to happen. So, well, to prove your point, the last time we were at West Delaware, uh, we watched the we watched the senior who was pretty much a backup uh, end up with a fall over a, a state uh, a state champ uh, from the other team that uh, uh, made made a big impact. So. Uh, that right there tells you anything can happen. Absolutely. He's filling in for the injured uh, um, varsity man and ends up pinning the state champ. <laughs> Go figure. I mean, you know, that's that's beating the guy you're not supposed to beat. Love when that happens. Yeah. And you mentioned that proximity. Some of the, some of the ones I kind of remember, too, and, and interestingly connected to Brad Smith, City High and Iowa City West with some of the teams that Mark Ryland had, you know, kind of in the 2000s. Um, and some of uh, Smith's teams there at City High, they they really butted heads, and that would, you know, that uh, City High West is always a um, a big rivalry. Even though I think the emergence of Liberty and other sports, Liberty's kind of changed the dynamic there because it's just not the two in Iowa City, but wrestling, it's still those are still the top two, um, obviously. Um, you know, uh, West and Waverly Shell Rock had some some doozy uh, doozies over the over the years as well. Um, and speaking of that, KJ, it was fun to watch the the what Waverly Shell Rock West back when they had the Ballwigs and the Moors. It was fun to see the coaches, and it was that was held after the traditional state at, here at, in Cedar Rapids at the Five Seasons Center, I believe, back then. And uh, it was just fun to watch those coaches shift and try and get that advantage in it. it Oftentimes, if you will remember, came down to the two wrestlers that didn't even make the state tournament. That's right. Determine who was going to win the win the the, the duel, and that, and that was very fun and and uh, just uh, uh, that was very competitive those those times back then. I won't say, I won't say names again on this. Uh, the whole dragnet line, the names are changed to protect the innocent, um, but. I will say I remember watching a heated rivalry where the two assistant coaches <laughs> in the corner uh, who were assistants to Hall of Famers 
um, in the middle of a heated duel, point to each other, point back and back at each other, point to outside the gym, point <laughs> at each other. Both went to get up for the the head coaches just to kind of kind of grab them by their by their belt or their arm and set them back down. And that's uh, you know uh, afterwards everything's fine. But right in the heat of the moment, the always got it. I remember sitting in the corner of the mat with Wyatt, kind of pointing it out, watching it instead of watching the match. And then kind of giggling when both head coaches grabbed their assistant and kind of sat him back down in the chair while they were still watching. You know, they were watching ahead and just kind of reached out and like, sit down, you know, you know, settle down, cool off, just relax. <laughs> little things like that that was you know like i said after the competition everything was cool cool heads um but it's those rivalries sometimes that you know kind of flare up and they're and they can be fun they can be fun as long as it's handled in the right way and a lot of those uh have been by the wrestlers and the coaches sometimes fans get a little uh sideways but I was a very young coach at the Jayhawk Invitational. We did, talked about this earlier, seating meeting. These are head coaches in the seating meeting that just got up and went toe-to-toe. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> happened, but I'm like, is this really going to happen? I was a pretty young coach, very young coach. And, really? And Hall of Famer coaches, too. <laughs> so, really? Anyway. You might have to share those after we're off air. <laughs> okay. I But – so, yeah, so we got a couple neat rivalries there. Don Bosco, Lisbon, uh, they like to have fun in their rivalry, too. Um, I remember covering a duel at Don Bosco once where I think I think it might have been Ray Fox who put a, you know, caution wet floor sign in the Lisbon corner uh, talking about, uh, you know, just in case your tears, you know, <laughs> For all your crying, we decided to put this over here for you. You know that got a good laugh from from both sides and and everything. Uh, you know some good natured uh, uh, stuff like that. Um, you know as well. So uh, Don Bosco Lisbon rivalries right up there, and of course this one, um, Brad Smith sitting at six hundred ninety nine wins. Uh, how big would it be for number 700 to be kind of an upset victory over uh, a rival like that? That would be pretty cool. And of course we see West Delaware, you know, their head coach used to uh, independence's head coach used to be on the other side of the rivalry as a competitor, Michael Doyle, who wrestled, I believe for, for Jeff Voss at, um, uh, at West Delaware, now leading the independence program. They've even met in the, the state dual finals. Um, you know, here recently. So that's a big one that I uh, uh, really look forward to on Thursday. Yeah. I, crazy Ray. I was a college teammate of mine. I can, I can I definitely see him doing that. that guy's got a mind that works on a different, <laughs> yeah, he's a funny guy. And then, yeah. Very, very fun personality for sure. Uh, well, any, any final, any final thoughts from, from this week, from, Anything we went over? No, I think we got it. Okay. Where are you going to be at? Uh, I'm assuming you're officiating again uh, this weekend. 
I'm at Anamosa this weekend for the boys. Okay, so uh, there. I think I'm going to head to uh, Prairie for a girls' tournament before they get ready for uh, next week's re Super Regionals. So uh, interesting. We're coming into the final two weeks of the, the girls' season. So it's going along, gone pretty fast. Uh, make sure you head out and check all the action. Uh, we've got duels on, uh, actually duels on Tuesday, duels on Thursday, tournaments on Saturday. So a lot of boys and girls, uh, wrestling action to go out and, uh, catch tonight, this week. Um, you know, you can check out, uh, the Gazette coverage, uh, at thegazette.com. Uh, just like to thank everybody for watching us each week. We really appreciate it and appreciate the support. Make sure to come up and say hi to us if you see us uh, out at events and, and stuff like that. And uh, go ahead, Coach, send us out with uh, uh, Wyatt's, uh, Wyatt's message for wrestling. Let's keep wrestling on the move. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.